You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey everyone, Tim McMaster here along with our MLB.com Red Sox reporter Ian Brown. And Ian, the hot stove continues to be kind of cool so far, I think, as Major League Baseball waits for a few big chips to fall, which could be coming soon, it seems like. But as far as the Red Sox go, there have been some rumors out there. We'll talk about those. We'll talk about the new Red Sox Hall of Fame class coming in 2018. And of course, some of those big names that I mentioned also relate to the Red Sox. But let's start with Jose Abreu. The rumors are out there that the Red Sox have some interest in the White Sox first baseman. Apparently, he's a guy the Red Sox had a lot of interest in four years ago when he was coming over um, originally and, and entering Major League Baseball. We heard, obviously, the J.D. Martinez talk. You've heard about Hosmer. You hear about all these first basemen and sluggers. Um, Abreu is an intriguing guy, and it seems like a, a logical fit, right? Yeah, sure. You know, he's a guy that's always they've always liked, and you know what what's not to like about a guy who hits uh, thirty homers and drives in a hundred runs, you know, virtually every year. Uh, right-handed hitter uh, in Fenway, that would be pretty good to see. Um, so yeah, he he would make sense. He would be uh, you know a short-term commitment than a Hosmer or a Stanton or a, a J.D. Martinez. He would be kind of a, a two-year thing until he becomes a free agent. I mean, pretty good. He's probably going to make fifteen twenty million dollars um, in arbitration over the next couple of years but uh, you know the, the question is going to come down to you know what are the White Sox looking for and is that price going to be too high to pay for the Red Sox you know you're exploring everything this time of year and I think that's just one of a number of different fronts uh, the Red Sox are pursuing right now. You would think with the two years as opposed to a longer deal maybe there's less involved in the trade and the one thing about this is I mean we certainly know after last offseason that Dave Dombrowski and Rick Hahn are are pretty good at making trades. Yeah, yeah, those two know how to make a deal. That one came together pretty quickly last year. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think there's good history there. And, uh, you know, it might not have the same gravity. You know, everyone in Boston, all the fans are obsessed with Stanton. Um, so it wouldn't ha- quite have that uh, gravity to it. But I think Jose Abreu would appease um, a lot of fans that he would kind of give them that slugger that they need, you know, in the middle of their batting order. Uh, and it might, uh, you know, it could be a good move that happens. As far as Stanton goes, we heard a lot of St. Louis Cardinals talk, and then now it seems to have swung to the Giants to the point where there's actually been, uh, I guess, an official request put in for the Giants as far as, as what they would uh, be willing to deal, and the teams are seem like they're moving forward, but who knows until it's done. Haven't really heard a lot from the Red Sox front, but then that seems like par for the course for Dombrowski. He tends to pull off big deals, and for the most part, you don't always see it coming, right? I mean, he, he likes to get his stuff done under the radar a little bit. Yeah, he's not big on, on lease or any of that. But, you know, I just don't know. You know, I've, I've been skeptical all, all along. If the Red Sox had much to match up uh, here with the Marlins. I think the Marlins are looking for some big prospects here. They're obviously going through a rebuild, and I'm sure that Derek Jeter wants to kind of sort of uh, rebuild his uh his team, similarly to you know what, what the Houston Astros just did, you know what the Cubs did with with Theo Epstein, and I just you know I think the Red Sox uh, traded a lot of that to get Chris Dale last year. So I just don't necessarily see the fit. The one fit that could be with the Red Sox could pay a lot of uh, Stanton's salary. So I think that would that would be good. But yeah, I, I think that uh, Stanton wants to go to the West Coast. Look, he holds the cards here. Um, with the no trade, so I'd be skeptical of a Red Sox for Stanton deal happening. And you know, as much as I know, many of the fans would like to see that happen. Yeah, it's pretty clear that he really wants to play for the Dodgers, and it doesn't seem like the Dodgers are as interested. But the Giants, 
would certainly make a lot of sense still being out there in California. Stanton originally from California. Um, it'll certainly be something until that trade is announced, though, with any team. I'm sure Red Sox Nation will stay very much uh, locked in and, and of some interest on that front. Uh, the other big story that's that's been flying around uh, Major League Baseball and seems to be in some ways holding up the hot stove season is Shohei Otani, the Babe Ruth of Japan, who uh, it was officially ratified the deal for Major League Baseball Players Association in Japan for the new posting system, which clears the way for Otani to be posted by his team today. Uh, and that means we have about a three-week window here where any team can talk to Otani and try to woo him. The favorites seem to be the Yankees, the Dodgers, the Rangers, because th those three teams have a good amount of money in their international bonus pools, the Mariners to some degree. How big a push do the Red Sox make? Yeah, no, I think the Red Sox will do what they can to get this guy. I mean, he's very intriguing. Uh, he can pitch and he can hit. And, uh, look, they only have about $400,000 to spend as far as a signing bonus. So that might hinder them. But the Red Sox do have a good history with Japanese players. You ask uh, Daisuke Batsuzaka, Hideki Ajima, Okajima, uh, uh, Koji Uehara, Takashi Saito, Janichi Tadawa. I mean, these guys all like playing in Boston. The Red Sox make it very comfortable for Japanese players. Uh, Daisuke's family still lives in the Boston area. So it speaks highly of, you know, how well the Red Sox help the Japanese players assimilate. But, you know, it's hard to, you just don't know what uh, Atani is thinking, what his goals are, um, where, where he's looking to play. So this is such a great, uh, mysterious story that you don't really know um, what's going on. I'm curious to see you know, how all this is kind of going to come about. Our team's going to advertise it when they talk to this guy or is everybody going to keep it hush hush is everybody just going to talk to him at the winter meetings you know there's a lot of uh, questions unanswered here about uh tony and it's going to be very interesting to see how it all kind of unfolds here over the next uh three weeks i would absolutely love it to be almost like a, a college recruiting tour situation where every day we see uh what city shohei is visiting and and the team's putting on these big displays, and then at the end of three weeks he makes a decision. It would be fantastic just for for our jobs, right, to cover baseball, to uh, to get to witness that and watch that. I'm sure it won't be like that. It'll be a little quieter. But at least some teams uh, let stuff out more than others, so I'm sure along the way there will be plenty of rumors. It could take him two days to decide. It could take the full three weeks. We will certainly see, and it'll stay interesting. And uh, he fits any team, certainly, as a guy who can be towards the top of a rotation and also add some power with the Red Sox need in that lineup as well. All right, the Red Sox announced their new Hall of Fame class for 2018. Five new players, and it's a kind of a cool group because of a good chunk of these guys, three of the five, are from a great era, the great recent era of Red Sox championships. When you talk about Kevin Euclid and Mike Lowell and, and Derek Lowe, um, and then along with them it'll be John Frank Buck Freeman and Alfonso Al Green. Um, but it, it's a class of Hall of Famers that you don't have to think back too long to remember these guys. Yeah, no, I think it's a very good group, and you know, all three of these guys led directly to – some of those banners that are hanging up there at Fenway, you know, you look at what Derek Lowe did. I mean, here was a guy who was um, taken out of the rotation at the end of the 04 season. He just had a terrible regular season in 04. He was thinking about his contract uh, the whole year and just couldn't focus and then got so mad when they took him out of the rotation and then, you know, ends up winning all, clinch, all three clinching games in that playoff. And I still don't think he gets enough credit for it. He won game seven against the Yankees in that ALCS on two days of rest. Uh, spun a, jump, a gem there in Yankee Stadium. Uh, two days rest, 
And, uh, you know, it was an amazing performance. Uh, that speaks for itself. Um, you know, Kevin Euclid, kind of a grinder through and through, Boston type of player, uh, down and dirty. He became a really big uh, run producer for that team, played first and third, and uh, came up really big for that. He won the uh, in 07. He came up really big for that team as a, as a starter on that team, was a backup in 04. And then Mike Lowell, I think Mike Lowell is one of the first people you think of when you think of that 07 team. Yeah, he was perceived as a throw-in along with Josh Beckett in that trade. In Thanksgiving of 05, he had had a terrible year for the Marlins in 05, and people thought that he was done and, you know, had some really good, productive years in Boston. Very respected guy in the clubhouse, by the fans. Uh, they always loved Mike Lowell here and World Series MVP. So, yeah, I think it's a very good class of uh, Red Sox Hall of Famers. The other thing the Red Sox announced with the Hall of Fame class was the memorable Red Sox moment, which they're honoring, which will be Pumpsy Green making his big league debut, of course, breaking the color barrier for the Red Sox. Um, and is, is Pumpsy Green in the Hall of Fame as a player for doing that? I That was one question I had for you. Uh, no, sure. he's, no, okay. no not, he's not in the Hall of Fame, but they, they, do, a, uh, you know, they, they do a moment every year. I don't think he quite had the, the numbers to be in the Red Sox Hall of Fame. But, uh, yeah, this is a, a fitting way to, to honor him and his legacy. So another cool moment there. All right, today at 8 o'clock Eastern time tonight, as we record this Friday afternoon, is the non-tender deadline, and you start to hear things trickling in from different teams, what kind of players uh, maybe aren't tendered. And the thought process, I guess, earlier in the week or going into this was if there was a Red Sox that would be non-tendered, maybe it would be Brock Holt because of some depth on that team, but Dustin Pedroia's injury probably helped out Brock Holt, and it sounds like Holt will be tendered a deal for 2018, correct? Yeah, it sounds like he will be, and it's still not a a huge uh, financial commitment. It's going to be about $2 million, Um, and, you know, we'll see what happens with that competition in spring training. You know, you have Marco Hernandez now and uh, Suey Lin and Devin Marrero, so there's some guys uh, fighting for that spot. We'll see if they try to bring Eduardo Nunez back as a free agent. So, uh, you know, still a chance that Holt could be moved in a trade at some point, or um, or he, you know, maybe he doesn't make the team out of spring training. You know, I think there's a lot more pressure on him to sort of earn that spot this year. But look, Brad Holt is a very respected guy at that team. Um, so I think they would like him to kind of regain his stroke. He didn't have it last year. He had some uh, concussion two years ago. He had vertigo last year. And they would like to see if he can kind of regain and become the kind of player he was. Because, uh, like I said, he's a very smart player who does a lot of different things, defensive versatility. So we'll see if he can kind of reclaim uh, his place next, next season. And the Red Sox lone all-star in 2015. Don't let, you can't let people forget that. <laughs> he was the guy that represented the Red Sox in that all-star game. Uh, what a season he had there. It would be great to see him getting back to that and, and doing that kind of stuff again. All right, that'll do it for MLB.com Extras, our Red Sox edition. For Ian Brown, I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next week.